Welcome to the Higher Ed Huddle, where we discuss the most relevant topics in higher ed today. I'm your host, Joe Trano, and I'm joined by Matt Bierman, Vice President of Business Affairs at Eastern Illinois University. Welcome, Matt. Glad you could be with me today. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Thanks, Joe. I'm glad to, glad to participate. Matt, um, today we'll talk about opportunities for institutions to collaborate and work more closely together. Before we begin, I think it would be good for you to tell us about yourself and what you've been up to um, lately, if you don't mind starting there. Sure, sure. So I've had the opportunity to work in higher ed for almost 24 years at three different institutions, both on the public and the private side. Um, My career started in student affairs and uh, has shifted in recent years. And the the last half of my career uh, has been on the business side. So I've seen higher ed from a couple different places. I even worked in the president's division for uh, a brief stint and uh, have also spent some time working with state legislatures and in the state of Illinois. All of my experiences in the state of Illinois and uh, working to solve economic issues that have existed here for some time for higher ed. So I think I have a broad perspective of of what we do and um, uh, hope that I can in any way through this conversation and others be uh, supportive of creative conversations and, and solutions as we try to navigate the rather difficult landscape that we find ourselves in in higher ed um, across the across the U.S. I appreciate that. Thank you, Matt. And I think um, with, with that broad perspective that you bring, I think uh, really lends itself well to the conversation we're going to have today about opportunities for institutions to collaborate, not only in the state that you live in and, and work mm-hmm. in, Illinois, but I think more broadly for higher education um, considerations for institutions that potentially could collaborate more um, and really reap the benefits uh, of doing that. Let's start with what are some of the services you feel would be of interest for um, maybe the Illinois schools to work together, um, and that can certainly be more broadly, you know, thinking about other institutions in other states as well. But if if you feel maybe um, focusing in on maybe your state, uh, we could start there and certainly uh, broaden out if we need to. Yeah, I think there's, I, I, well, I think there's opportunities in in each aspect of higher ed. It depends on how uh, much tolerance and how creative we really want to be. I think the easiest place to start this conversation. Uh, is in the area of technology and IT. Um, and, uh, I think it lends itself uh, best for uh, some of that uh, collaboration. Uh, I think our right now in the state of Illinois and the public uh, side, our, our CIOs do meet very regularly and, and do a lot of um, meeting collaboration. I don't think that we are to the point where we've maximized the purchasing collaboration and, and using uh, that. Um, I think there's uh, a lot of duplication of services in business functions and, I, and IT related to IT functions of business uh, affairs, um, where I would love to see um, us be more collaborative and have a chance to uh, impact the business models um, of higher education. Um, there are plenty of opportunities Plenty of examples out there where um, shared services of everything from payroll offices to um, cybersecurity types of initiatives 
but you all have to have common terminology, common systems in some cases. And that's where it gets uh, gets to be real challenging from a funding standpoint to to make some of those shifts that are uh, will help you in the long term, but in the short term, it's it's really painful um, for, for universities. Matt, do you think that this has to be driven from the top, or is there opportunity for a more of a grassroots approach? And you mentioned the CIOs meeting. Um, are there are there other approaches that could potentially increase the interest and um, I guess the partner partnering or collaborating more across these institutions? What do you think some of the yeah, challenges are there? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I, I I think the first thing to consider, or the the first thing that I would consider, is um, it, it's challenging because of egos. Um, we all like our our, you know, uh, influence, or we like our control. Um, so setting egos aside to say we need help is maybe the first thing we have to get past. And that may be at the presidential level. Uh, it may be at the CIO level. It may be at the VP level. It may be even lower than that in the organizational chart. Um, so I do think there's opportunities for some grassroots stuff. I think um, if you can get that buy-in and get some small wins, uh, it, it can grow. I think it organically grows really slow uh, in that model. Um, I think the another approach uh, is to go to the very top. And like in the state of Illinois is to approach the state legislatures um, to ask for some assistance if we wanted to um, all get on the same type of systems that would allow for more collaboration. Because right now, there, there's you hit a wall of that collaboration because your systems don't talk. Um, but if the state would support a model where we can still be independent institutions, but have uh, collaborative software, collaborative systems, uh, that allows for more collaboration. And I think ultimately savings um, for the universities. But it's a delicate model. If you read in the trade publications today that just came out, there was a lot of talk about, there was an article about University of Wisconsin system, and they're trying mm -hmm. to do some consolidations. And um, th this is a different version of consolidation. It's not consolidating institutions, but it's it's consolidating services. And it is delicate because um, some people are, are just against it, or they'll work they'll work against it um, because of whatever reason. For ego, they don't see the value. Uh, they think that their job is in jeopardy. Um, they don't they don't see the overall common goal or common good that could come out of it. Um, I also think there's plenty of opportunities. And I, I remember, gosh, this has been a dozen years ago, reading an article about, I think it was schools in Missouri that had collaborated on shared services with bookstores where their front ends were all different, but their back end purchasing was all done together. Um, so they got they had scale in, in what they were purchasing. I think that's a model that could work at a lot of places so that independent bookstores and uh, folks who run run things more independently can instead of outsourcing to uh, the follow of the world um, in that in that particular genre. So uh, I, I'm optimistic that that this will grow. Um, I think in some cases, uh, because of financial constraints, it will be forced. Um, and in other situations, it will. Uh, people will get together and, and start asking really critical questions uh, about how we can move forward with this. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, I like what you said about opportunities that what there are as far as opportunities certainly can really benefit institutions. And I, I agree with you. I think certainly the egos um, of some leaders may get in the way of uh, letting go or, or this, this notion of, of losing control. I wonder, you know, if the benefit, if the benefits outweigh those particular concerns, I'm wondering if, if there would be more of a movement in that direction I'm, I'm thinking that some of the some of the benefits certainly are, I think, from a resource standpoint. Certainly, the resources from a people standpoint, as well as costs or budgetary um, resources, such as software subscriptions, or in, in the example that you shared with the bookstore, there's certainly some um, you know economies of scale behind the scenes that can can be realized. What are some some benefits that you see? Um, aside from what I, what we've just shared, are there other benefits that you see that you know would be helpful for for consideration as people think about you know a shared services model or some type of collaboration? Yeah, so I mean, and everybody always goes to economics first, and that's where I would go to. And and I think there is some some real economic benefits depending on the the type of thing. But like in, in any of these, there's got to be a little bit of a loss leader in, in a couple of these because mm-hmm. you you have to step back and look at the greater good as opposed to just maybe um, my institution. The, the one that comes to mind in, in terms of a benefit outside of economics uh, is specifically in the area of cybersecurity and or or any in or any function business function of the university where um, it's important. You have to have eyes on it, but you don't have the budget uh, or the wherewithal um, to be an expert, and you really don't want to outsource it um, because that expertise comes at a cost. So if you can find opportunities to collaborate on on systems, on people, on processes that are identical or almost identical across institutions, you can share that expertise and get more bang um, and more coverage, if you're talking about cyber or other things, than you could if you're standing on your own or an island. Um, my Before I came to Eastern, I worked at a small private, and uh, their ability to have scale on, on lots of things was really challenged. Um, and I think that's, it's a, we're going to see as, uh, as the, the years progress here, the call for small privates or the, the prediction that small privates more and more are going to close. And I think a lot of that has to do with scale. Um, and we've seen it in uh, many industries. If you don't have scale, you get eaten up. And I think that's where we're at with higher ed. And nobody wants to look at it like that because we're all not-for-profits. But at the same time, if you don't have that scale, and, and, and that's not, again, just about economics, but it's about that scale of expertise and being able to provide that expertise for your campus for coverage. Um, mm-hmm. And you don't want to outsource it because you, you want some of it to be local or you want to have more of an influence than just an outsource model. Uh, I think that's another real benefit to uh, this shared services approach with business functions and with uh, specifically with the use of technology. You see, um, a requirement of a geographic 
proximity for these institutions? Do you think that's a barrier or um, does it does it matter? Does it not matter? I, I'd like to say it doesn't matter because technology can be ubiquitous across state lines, but um, I do think there's some real there would be some value in something that's more geographic because I think it increases the opportunity for collaboration, um, for building trust, uh, for common meetings that you can walk, can look across the table at somebody and know who they are, know what they're about and trust that their interests and your interests align enough where you uh, can trust and that they're not trying to, to, you know, steal your students or whatever it would be. Um, so I think it I think it adds value if you're if you have some geographic proximity to each other. I don't think it is uh, it has to be that way. It has to be exclusive. In fact, in fact, you know, some institutions have collaborated specifically against geography and because they want to plant a flag in another area. But that's more about true institutional uh, model collaboration as opposed to business. Uh, function and shared services. So I think on the shared services side, it would be um, th there is some value in, in in doing that. And I think there's some other consortium models in shared services that are that have popped up um, that sort of play that out. That's where it's organically um, happened. I think there's one in the New England area. I think um, when I was at uh, Illinois Wesleyan, uh, we were we were having conversations with other small privates in the central part of Illinois because um, we were able to come together and begin to build those relationships. And without that, some of this falls apart. You got to be able to, uh, to build those relationships. And I do think there, and the public side, it becomes a lot more challenging across state lines. It's because of the way we are funded uh, mm. and the, the influence of the state legislature, state, um, compliance requirements and those kind of things that are on uh, public higher ed. I think it, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but it is, there is a pretty significant challenge there. Yeah. Are, are there any other uh, challenges that you see outside of what you just shared? Um, I think the, the other challenge is just the sometimes fear of employees mm -hmm. uh, understanding what's coming and what does this mean? And is, is the, is the CFO just trying to, shrink payroll um, that I think that's a fear on behalf of employees. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I, hard I would, to come over. I would agree. And I think a lot of times you see the, um, the word consolidation um, being kind of tied to shared services or at least um some idea that maybe a shared services model means that things are going to be consolidated if people lose their jobs, when in fact it it could be the opposite. So, I think certainly um, as we as we look at you know potential opportunities for um, shared services, I think certainly there's a lot of benefits and and um, you know I think maybe from an educational standpoint, letting people. Um, see the benefits and, and understanding and learning more about what it truly means to, to operate in that, cons, um, you know, collaborative model um, and, and the benefits that can be, um, you know, uh, reaped uh, doing, doing that type of um, engagement. Certainly, I think 
tells a really good story. And I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of higher education institutions really struggle with understanding, uh, those benefits. I think there is, uh, you know, we can get caught up in what's scary in this and, and there are some scary things because it's unknown territory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but I, I don't think we have to look very far to see that there's some real, uh, benefits. The irony for me is higher ed, uh, is, uh, bec- you, you would think we were, you know, real resist or real uh, accepting of change. And, and, and in fact, it's a big ship and a small rudder and we move slow and we don't love to change. But I, I think given where we're at with the industry, if you will, um, I think there's going to continue to be creative ideas that, that I'm excited to see um, what people come up with. Uh, and, and there will be benefits we haven't even considered as a part of that, 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 that come out of this. And, and I hope that those are good for students. Uh, that's, that would be the goal is, um, I mean, my world is focused on business processes, business functions, facilities, and HR. And, but all of that supports, you know, what we do. And it's got to help students either financially to make their costs not go up as fast uh, or to help them, uh, be successful and, and persist to graduation as fast as they can. And so that's the lens we have to look at it. So protecting our networks and, and protecting our facilities and all that stuff has to play into that. And how can we do that, um, in a bottle? The, the other piece that comes to mind is I, I have some searches recently and, and some successful, some not and trying to find people is where do those shared services models help us when we can't find good talent? Um, and we can collaborate to get to pay somebody a little bit more because we can't afford to do it on our own and we can get better talent in that world of, of a shared services model. So we all chip in a little bit and um, we might be able to get a little bit better quality candidate or somebody who um, is more interested in locating in one area but still can support uh, our particular institution. Yeah, that's a re- that's a really good example. Are there other models that you see that um, could potentially be uh, of benefit to um, institutions looking maybe to dip their toes into a shared services model, but maybe not jumping in all the way? I I mean, I I guess I live in such the business side of things. So I I think that IT and and business functions a little bit in facilities. I mean, and, and there are some of this that are happening. We belong to a consortium for purchasing. We belong to a consortium that buys uh, utilities um, together with other some of the other state universities. I think one of the keys to those relationships is uh, like size and shared um, missions. Uh, so, mm-hmm. we, although we do do some collaborating with the University of Illinois uh, on our purchasing consortium, some of the other things we don't collaborate as much with them just because their missions of research is much different than our mission of teaching and that lends itself to be uh, um, not at odds, but just different enough that uh, so finding like institutions, uh, I think sometimes helps this be more successful um, than uh, than not. Uh, so that, that could be size, that could be mission. Um, when we work with other schools that are much smaller, much larger with the, than us, but uh, it, it, similar missions at least the regional public kind of world is, is which is where we live. Um, 
is helpful. Yeah, I, pre- I, I can appreciate that um, that perspective, and I wonder how much of you know having like uh, like minded leaders thinking the same way of mm. um, opportunities to to advance um, their institutions uh, doing so in a collaborative way. Certainly see that as being a way to, you know, move the needle, if you will. But uh, what you shared makes sense. Are there other opportunities that you see that institutions should consider um, related to shared services? Um, The one creative thing that I think will happen eventually um, is on the academic side. I think there's still opportunities Mm -hmm. for shared service. I don't even know if shared service is the right example, but it's shared curricular um, uh, experiences. So if I can't offer a particular course because I can't find the right expert expert to to teach that, I can't find an adjunct, um, then I um, cross-collaborate with other institutions to, uh, to, to purchase instruction. Um, I think that that world is coming. Um, I think it breaks that breaks down walls real fast if we're willing to accept that. Um, but we've got to get through some of the um, the hurdles of the the belief that uh, nobody delivers instruction like we do on our campus. Um, excuse me. And so I don't think we're there yet. I mean, some institutions are doing that, but it's it's kind of few and far between, but I think that will become more and more uh, the norm, especially in small um, majors, uh, where if if I would really like to offer a course in um, in French or or some other language or a particular genre of history that I don't have somebody on my campus who um, teaches that, I think there's an opportunity for some shared collaboration to locate and, and purchase seats in, in somebody else's course. So it's an opportunity for some campuses to be entrepreneurial um, mm. and, and go and go do that. There are already some models out there. Um, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the name. There's a school in Michigan that have, has started a program not quite like that, but similar, where you can buy construction uh, through them. Uh, if you belong to the consortium, you can sell instruction. Uh, so I, I do think those models are starting to pop up, and I think they will become more more common. So I think that's in other areas on the academic in academic affairs that uh, will eventually get there. Uh, many in many ways, we're not there yet, but we I think we'll be forced to get there. I, I can see I can see you know more of a an effort in the next few years, ba- just based on. The direction that we're seeing higher ed going in, um, you know, specifically the uh, the enrollment cliff, um, the the tuition decline, uh, and certainly state budgeting uh, declining as well in some areas. It's going to be something that institutions have to pay attention to, just from a survivability standpoint. And I like I like the idea of institutions being more open to being innovative and collaborating more. Um, and I think it's going to happen. I'm curious what you, what you think, you know, are you bullish on, on this uh, topic or what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I think I am. I, I, I think I'm bullish on entrepreneurial and being creative. Um, and I, I don't want people to think that 
I think all of this is transactional because I think it's got to be more than transactional if it's going to work. Um, and that's the nature of higher ed. We, we, we're, we care about uh, the people and care about the students. Uh, so it's got to go beyond that. But I think, um, I do think there will be um, a lot of further disruption in higher ed, but I'm, I'm optimistic that um, there will be some creative entrepreneurs that solve some of this for many institutions um, or bring or, or inspirational leaders who bring campuses together uh, to collaborate more so that uh, more can survive, more can thrive in an, in an environment where, as you said, the enrollment is declining and finances continue to be uh, constrained. Um, and I, I think part of that is, uh, is educating the public on our business model is unlike any other business model. Um, mm -hmm. And everybody thinks we have these deep pockets because they see sticker price. And, and it's, it's about net tuition revenue. Um, and it's, that's not what we talk about, though, in the public. And um, so be, unless we're going to get honest and, and have those conversations in the public sphere, we're also going to have to get honest about changing our business models and being more collaborative and creative. I think that's very well said, Matt. This kind of concludes our time together today. Um, anything else, uh, any parting words of wisdom that you'd like to share before we wrap up? I, I think it's going to be a wild ride for the next uh, <laughs> 10 years. Uh, yeah. And I, I think we're going to need lots of partners and that's not just in higher ed. And we didn't talk about collaborations outside of higher ed, but I think there's a lot of great things that have popped up. Um, across the country of people who are willing to help and see an, uh, an opportunity to help higher ed. And I think we have to lean in certain situations on our outside partners as well, because they have the ability and the staff to do some of the research that we need to do to see if it, it actually will work. Will it save us money and those kind of things. So uh, those, those are important voices in this conversation as well. It'll be exciting to see. So I'm looking forward to the wild ride we have ahead of us. So uh, thank you again uh, for joining me today, Matt. Really appreciate it. And I uh, enjoyed hearing your perspective. And I'm sure our listeners will appreciate what you've shared and possibly consider some of the opportunities at their respective institutions and uh, peers. Um, you can find our podcast on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple. Check back next month for another great topic and a great guest. Until then, stay well. Stay well.